You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Well, thank you so much for coming out for Sunday School. Thank you for those brave did. I know the weather's going to be a little, a little windy today, maybe a little icy already snowing, so glad you made it here for Sunday School. So I'm super excited for today. I'm excited to wrap up from a couple weeks ago. We were talking about joy and happiness. We did that two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, and we're going to wrap up that lesson because I was not able, shocker, to get through the whole lesson that Sunday. So we will wrap up the rest of it here today, and we'll get a little more in depth in the last few points that I had there. I kind of mentioned them, but really had to get real quickly through those last couple points, and I just was going to put another lesson together. And the Lord really just impressed upon me that we need to go back over there and we needed to complete that lesson and complete the points that were there. So we really fully do understand uh, the method that God has for us for joy and happiness. We'll be talking about that again today. Take your Bibles, turn to Psalms. Turn to Psalms chapter 112, the same Psalms that we are in, obviously, the first week that we taught about happiness and joy. And the title of the lesson was How to Have Happiness and Lasting Joy. And that was what we covered the first week. We got through the main point of praising God the first week, and then we mentioned the last two points, and we'll be hitting those last two points more in depth here today. But the whole reasoning behind this lesson is when I was praying about it the month prior and saying, Lord, what would you have me to bring for the adult Sunday school class? And I was just thinking of different things that I had struggled with, things that our family struggles with, and that this area of joy, having true joy on a daily, consistent basis, was something I realized that was missing in my life, and something that I longed to have that. Who doesn't really long to have joy? I mean, every one of us would raise our hand and say, yes, if, if you could mention something, I would lo- like to have true joy each and every single day. Because it just makes our days go by so much better. It puts our perspective in focus. It helps us to focus on the right things. And I believe in our hearts that every one of this, every person in this room wants to have joy. And then on top of that, is that not the desire of this world? That people long to have joy. And of course, we know that the world, they seek for it in places that they shouldn't seek for it. And it's either very short-lived or it's not really the true joy that they're looking for. And it fades away. But we as Christians have the key. We have the opportunity. We have the blessing to have this true joy. But so often, we don't capture that. We don't allow God to really work that in our life and in our heart. But I want to talk about here today will be the happiness and lasting joy that's found here in Psalms 112. So I'm going to read Psalms 112. You can just follow along with me as we read. We'll read the entire Psalms. And as I said the first week, when I read this Psalms, it just kind of gives me goosebumps because there's just so much packed into this one chapter in regards to happiness and joy and the different blessings and the different things that we can do in our life to bring this about. Um, and we can't even cover it. I mean, you know, we had a couple weeks ago. We'll have this week. There's no way I can really truly cover this. So if there's any way that you guys can take this Psalm home and to read this this week every single day, I know God will show you things that he didn't even show me. That's a cool thing about the scriptures. The Lord can do that for you. But I would really encourage you to do that. Just take a time. It just takes a couple of minutes to read through the Psalms and read through it every day and really see, Lord, what do you have to teach me in my life? Because we all, we're all in different areas in our life. Lord, what do you have to teach me in my life in the area of joy and happiness? But let's go ahead and read this. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. 
His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there arise light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desires upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Let's pray. Father, I come before you today, Lord, and as always, Lord, I really need your help right now, Father. There is no way that I can even come close to presenting this lesson that you have put on my heart. Father, if I try to do this in and of myself, it is going to be a flop. It's not going to make any sense. I'm not going to say the right words, Lord. I'm not going to bring across the truths of the word of God. So I'm asking, Father, right now that you would speak through me today, that you would put your spirit inside of me, that I would speak the words that you would have me to say. I pray, Lord, that as the words are brought forth, that it would bring, bring forth in such a way that you could bring understanding to your people in this area that, Lord, is so near and dear to your heart. And, Father, I pray you just bless us here for the Sunday school hour and that you give us a good time in your word, Lord. And then, Father, that we would change our hearts, we would change our lives through this lesson. I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. I need my water. Just one second. I don't know if it's because I drink so much coffee in the morning, but I'm always thirsty when I do the lesson, so it makes me a little dry mouth. But basically, we want to be talking about how we're going to be able to live in a way that allow, allows God to bless our life in this area of having an abundant life and having joy in our hearts. Um, only God can infuse you with happiness and joy. And we talked about that's kind of like our key statement that we talked about the first week. Only God can do this for us. We can't do it ourselves. Other people can't do it for us. Things can't do it for us. Only God can truly infuse our life with this happiness and with this joy that we're going to be talking about in Psalms chapter 112. And that's the true joy and the true happiness that I know that every one of us understand. We talked about how we allow the joy that God gives to us. We allow things to take that joy from us. And I don't know if you guys remember the first week, I gave you an illustration how that week I had allowed some joy to leave my heart, and that was in an area of losing some material on the back of a vehicle that one of my employees were driving, and they had lost a big chunk of flooring, which a bunch of hardwood floor had, had come out of the back of the truck, and then they turned around to go get it, and you know, in Jackson, that doesn't last long on the street, so we had some very generous people go ahead and pick that up and transport it, whoever knows where, to their place for us, so we didn't get that flooring back. And then this last week, um, we came to my shop in the morning um, after the weekend. It was a Monday morning. We had met together for prayer as we do once a month at our office. And so we got together as all the employees and everybody there. We got together. We prayed. We had a good time. We had our team meeting. We went to go get our trailers and uh, went to go hook up to a couple of trailers and pull them to our new job sites for the upcoming week. And uh, lo and behold, one of our trailers, all the locks have been cutting off and all of our tools have been hauled out of our trailer over the weekend. And so that was just another way that I was going to be like, praise the Lord, let's apply this lesson to my heart again. So I'm not ever going to teach on praise the Lord again because apparently it's very costly for me to teach on praising the Lord. We are now thousands and thousands of dollars into this lesson right here of the Lord just really trying to nail this point home. So I was going to say this is the last time I'm ever going to teach on praise the Lord. But um, as, we, as that happened, you know, first of all, you know, 
all those emotions rise up. I mean, all those things that happen. And, and you know, this can be put across the board. For, we all have illustrations, even this week, of how we've let things steal our joy, right? Could be our spouses, could be our children, could be circumstances at work, whatever, you know. Then um, as that happens, of course, that emotion rises up, and, and Satan brings that temptation to give into that emotion. But how it doesn't matter the circumstances that we're going through. God is more powerful than our circumstances. And God is more powerful than someone else's attitude towards us. God is more powerful than our health situation may be. And we talked about the first week how different things do rob our joy. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Things do really do steal our joy. I talked about how for some of you, your health can really, really take away your joy. Because it is not fun to be not feeling well. And Alyssa could have testified to that. And she went through this whole thing that they went through in the Philippines. How that, that really could steal somebody's joy. If you're a person that has to go to the doctors a lot. Or you have chronic pain. Or you have something that, 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 that happens to you. I understand. I, I get how that can really steal your joy. We, can talk, we talked about how obviously children. They can really steal our joy if we allow them to. And that's just the nature. Our spouses can steal our joy. Our, really, you can look at anything in this world, and we can allow that thing to really steal our joy. And that, for the Christian, should not be the case for us to allow that to happen. So we all, across the board in this room, we're all going to struggle with this area of keeping that joy in our heart and in our life. Oh, let's see here. So the first point that we talked about mainly last couple weeks ago, um, does anybody remember what that first point was of the first way that we can make sure we don't allow Satan to steal our joy. Anybody? Nobody. All right. So we talk, the first point we talked about was how we need to praise the Lord. So we spent a lot of time on actually praising the Lord. What a blessing it is in our life if we really, truly praise the Lord. And I don't want to spend a ton of time on this again because I'll just end up in the same spot I was two weeks ago, and I'll get to the end of the lesson and I won't be able to finish up. But we talked about how important it was to truly praise the Lord. Praising the Lord is different than giving thanks to the Lord. And we talked about that. Although we should give thanks to the Lord, and that is very important. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. We, this, this morning, I was having a devotion with my kids, and I was trying to explain to them that everything belong, is, is from God. Everything belongs to God. Everything we have, God has given to us. And, you know, how we need to be thankful for that. And that's very important. But actually praising the Lord goes over and above being thankful to God. It's a different level. And God says over and over and over again how he wants us as his children to praise him. I mean, we just look right here in Psalms 111. We mentioned that. The Psalms before our Psalms that we're taking it from, it says, praise the Lord. The first verse, our Psalms right here in Psalms 112 says, praise the Lord. And you go to the next Psalms, 113 says, praise the Lord. I mean, it's praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we need to get that into our heart, into our life. We need to every single day learn and train ourselves to praise the Lord. We praise the Lord in the good times. We need to praise the Lord in the bad times. We need to praise the Lord when we're going through a trial. We need to praise the Lord when somebody steals your flooring when it falls in the road. You need to praise the Lord when somebody cuts the locks off your trailer and takes all your tools away. We can still praise the Lord in every circumstance that we are in because of who he is and for what he has done and for what he's going to do in our life. So if you put that in perspective, yes, we can truly from our heart give praise to God in every circumstances that we go through. If your children aren't being what they should be that day, you can still praise the Lord. If your boss does something to you that just, oh, it's just totally wrong and wicked and we all work in the wicked workforce and it's just wrong and you know it's wrong and it's poor character, you can still praise the Lord. If you come and you go to the doctor and you get a bad diagnosis as far as your health goes and you just, wow, how did that happen? Where did this cancer come from or where did this come from or why do I have to have this surgery? You can still, from your heart, praise the Lord. You know you can have tears of sorrow 
and still have joy in your heart to praise the Lord. That's the way, that's the kind of people God wants us to be. It doesn't negate that we're going to have a bad day. It doesn't say that you're not going to have sorrow. It just says that we can praise the Lord in every area of our life. Oh, I'd love to go back over that, but I'm going to stop right there. Praising the Lord, giving our hallelujahs to the Lord. I do want to read this one thought that I had put down and I mentioned the first week, and I'll do it again here today. It says, in every occasion of life, good times and bad, we should always pray the, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, that word hallelujah. Hallelujah is appropriate in all circumstances. For God is ever worthy of our highest praise. Here, the psalmist exhorts us to praise the Lord, here in Psalms 112, because he blesses those who fear and delight in his commandments. As we walk in the fear of the Lord, we reap God's gracious blessing in our lives. We then discover that our hallelujahs grow in frequency, intensity, and in sincerity. And how important that needs to be. I also put this note in here. I didn't mention this a couple weeks ago because I just added this week. It just says, don't just pray about the problem, but praise God, knowing that he is God who solves problems. Whatever battle you are facing, the Lord is faithful to fight it for you as you look to him and praise his name. So during those trials and during those battles, look to Christ, praise his name, allow him to fight those battles for you, and that will produce the joy. You can't produce this joy, but God will produce that joy in your heart and in your life if we get the principle of praising God down in our life. Honey, do you have a Kleenex? We got a little sniffles going through our house and... Of course, I never got sniffles nearly as much until I had children. It just seems like it just comes with the territory when you get that kind of stuff. So our second point is going to be that we need to fear and obey the Lord. So we got about halfway through this point last week in regards to fearing and obeying the Lord. And I wanted to wrap up some of the stuff here today. So fearing and obeying the Lord is a key part of having true joy in our life. And we had a lot of verses we hit about fear the Lord, fear the Lord, obey the Lord, and how that produces joy in our heart. I'm not going to go back. Oh, we had over 10 verses we read two weeks ago in regards to this fear in the Lord and obeying him in our life. But the Lord gives us remarkable promises right here in this Psalms that should arouse and motivate us continually to fear and obey him. Because when we do that, he will bless us. About a couple years ago, I did a lesson on the, um, about the fear of the Lord and how that brings riches and blessings into our life when we fear the Lord. And that principle remains true even in this area of joy. Thank you. But a couple of verses I did not mention last week, and this is the one I just said right here, I want to read them here for you here today. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, it says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. I want to read that one more time because... I want you guys to get this. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Now, my kids aren't that old, and I ask them, how many of you want riches, honor, and life? And they're like, yeah, I want that. And they're like, okay, then you need to fear the Lord. Okay? So the fear of the Lord will bring riches, honor, and life. Here's another one. Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I know this is out of the book of Psalms. And most of our verses are here in the book of Psalms. But we're going to go to John chapter 15. I want to read this familiar portion of scripture to you guys because it talks about this same thing. Excuse me. John chapter 15, verse 10. Thy Bible says, If you keep my commandments, 
You shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now, for those who have read letter edition, we see this is Jesus Christ speaking right here. He said, These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you. It is God's will for you to have joy and for it to remain in you. That Jesus wants you to have joy. Jesus wants every one of his children to have joy in their life. He says, I have done this. I have spoken these unto you, that your joy might be there and your joy might be full. He doesn't want just to have a little bit of joy. He wants us to be full of joy. Overflowing with joy in our hearts to God. And I want to ask this question to you, a personal question. Do you think in your life, when you live out your daily life, would you consider yourself a person that is overflowing with joy? Think about that. As you go throughout your day, and you come, not, not certain times of the day, but through an overall overriding principle of your life, would you say, yes, I would consider myself a person that is overflowing with joy? I'll be honest with you. I don't consider myself that person. But you know what? It is Jesus Christ's desire that I become that person in my life. And it's God's desire that you become that person in your life. But he's basically saying here, listen, you need to obey my commandments because that is going to help produce the joy in your life. You know, many Christians have lost their joy because they've lost their obedience. Let's say that one more time. I was reading my lesson this morning. That, just, that thought came to my head and I just put it down this morning as I read it. But many Christians have lost their joy because they've lost their obedience. If you think in your life and you say, I have not had joy in a really long time, then I think we need to search our hearts to see, am I not being obedient as I should be to our Lord Jesus Christ? Because it's here in the book of Psalms, it's all throughout the scripture, how if your, obe your obedience is directly in correlation with the joy that God will give to you. And if you're going to live in disobedience to God, you cannot expect to have the joy that Christ wants you to have in your life. So we need to search our hearts. I can't do that for you. Pastor can't do that for you. I don't even know. And you don't know my heart. But we can search our own hearts. And we can make sure that we're living in complete fear and obedience to the Lord. Because when we do that, that opens up our life and our heart where God can infuse us with the joy that he wants to have in our life and in our heart. It is so very critical that we understand that. All right, take your Bibles, turn back to Psalm 112. I'll do it with you. So here in this psalm, and this is kind of where we left off, give or take, last week a little bit here. But in this, he has all kinds of blessings in the next few verses from verse 2 all the way down to verse 9 of the different things that will happen in our life if we fear and obey the Lord. So I'm going to read these because I think it's so very critical that we understand the blessings that come from fearing and obeying God. So in verse 2, let's go right down here to verse 2. It says, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. So if the very first thing we see here, in the verse 1, we see we're supposed to praise the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, and delighteth greatly in his commandments. So there's the fear and obey God point, right? Right there in verse 1. Verse 2, right away it says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Earth. You see here that if you're going to fear and obey God and praise the Lord, that your seed's going to be mighty upon the earth. You're going to have a strong family. And is that not critical to having true joy in your heart is having a strong family as part of that. And God says his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Your righteous example will influence them and bless an entire generation if you allow God to work this in your life. Of godly people. 
sometimes I tell people, listen, just don't give up because you really don't know the impact that your life is having. You, all we see is right here. We see this tiny, 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 tiny little picture. Do you understand? God sees the picture of all, all from before and all after. He sees the entire timeline, and he knows how your life will impact that. And we only see our tiny little life. And sometimes we get so focused, we only see the one day that we're living in. But God sees everything. And he knows the impact that your life will have. He knows the impact of a Christian that has true joy in their heart and true fear and true obedience. He knows that. And he knows that that will greatly impact not just that person, but that family. And from, for generations, there will be blessings there if you allow it. That is there for us if we get this principle into our heart. Drop down to verse 3. It says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Well, I don't know. I'm a little carnal. I like wealth and riches, less as much as anybody else out there. And I know this is talking a little bit differently. We can take that out of, out of balance sometimes. But God says wealth and riches will be there with you. Does God not say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you? The exact same principle. It's, all, it's not just here. It's, it's throughout the scriptures. God will take care of you. You won't have to worry about that. If you have the fear and obedience that God is asking you to have in your life, what you're doing is you're placing God first and you're letting God take care of the rest. Said, so, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. But have that fear, have that obedience, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then you won't have to worry about that. Wealth and riches shall be added to his house. Let's go down to verse, verse 3 here. Keep on reading. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. We're going to receive an eternal reward for our righteous works. Sometimes we forget about that. But if you live the way that God wants you to live here on earth, if you are full of joy, if you fear the Lord and you obey his commandments, there is a righteous blessing for eternity that comes with that. I don't know if you ever use this with your children, but I'm like, hey, you know, what you do today is kind of an attempt, you know, those are rewards in heaven. If you have the right attitude, please have the right attitude. I mean, anything to have a kid have the right attitude, you're kind of throwing it out there. So, um, but it is a principle. We know that how we live today will affect how we live for eternity. And you know why sometimes we lose our joy? Because we forget about that. We forget about that. The, what I'm doing today and how I'm living today and the attitudes I have today and the work that I have today and what I'm going through today is in correlate, directly affecting how I'm going to live in eternity and what God's going to do for me. And God says, if you're a person that fears the Lord and you're a person that obeys God and you're a person that fears God, then yes, there is eternal rewards that go along with that. And I know that we all know that. So eternal righteousness. You'll have a strong family. You'll have prosperity. You'll have eternal righteousness. Let's go down to verse 4. These are all super awesome. I know you guys don't feel very excited today. I feel more excited than you guys are. But these are awesome blessings that God is going to give to us if we do these things in our heart and in our life. So verse 4. Let's see here. Where are we at? Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. So he's saying, for these people who are going to do this, there's going to be light in the darkness. Now, I don't know about you, and there's a whole lot more people in this room that are older than I am. But it does seem like this world is getting darker and darker and darker. And it does seem like sometimes it is harder and harder to figure out what the, what the direction we should be going. But you know what God says? If you fear me, and you obey me, and you praise me, I'm going to give you light in the darkness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a dark room, and I need to walk around that room, it's really nice to have some light. One of my favorite 
things that kids love to do is leave their Legos laying around the house. And there's nothing more treacherous on bare feet over hardwood floors than stepping on a Lego. So I love Legos. I think they're awesome. But whoever designed those definitely designed maximum pain if you step on those with bare feet. But you know what? It's the same thing that's true in our life. As we're walking, if we don't fear the Lord and obey the Lord, you know what? Sometimes we don't have the light that we need to walk where we need to be walking because we're not allowing God to light our path. And you know what? It's a whole lot worse to step on something that Satan puts in your way than to step on a Lego. And we need God's light. And God said, I will give you that light. I will give you that direction. I will make that path clear for you if you do this in your life and in your heart. You know what? If that was the only promise we found the whole entire Psalms for fear and obeying the Lord, it should motivate all of us to fear and obey the Lord. Because who in this room does not want to walk the right path that God has for us? Who in the world wants to walk down a trail of life in darkness and just fumble along and hit the traps that Satan has for them? Not me. I know not you. So this is where God is saying he will give us that light to, to lead and to guide us. He will give you light through the world's darkness if you are gracious and compassionate and righteous, it says in this verse. All right, drop down to verse 5. God will give you goodness and well-being, verse 5. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. There's goodness and well-being that comes with a man who's going to live the way that God wants you to live. You will reap the good things of, of life if you are generous, conduct your affairs justly, is what this verse is saying. You will reap the good things in life. Again, today, we had a wide spectrum of devotions with my children today, but we are tr I was trying to explain to them the importance of being generous in their life. All of us have a selfish tendency, and it is a lot of work to take that selfishness out of our heart and out of our life and to learn to do this. But God has a special blessing for those people who fear and obey him. He'll produce that generosity inside your life and inside your heart. And when that generosity comes out in your life and in your heart, that brings joy. I don't know. It's, it's really an amazing thing. How can you give something that you have and give it away when you know it's God's will for you to do that and then that brings joy? Isn't that a cool thing that God does for us when you do that in a heart of obedience and out of love for Christ? Out of a heart that is fearing God and obeying God and you just know, you know that this is what God wants me to do and I know it's going to take personal sacrifice and I know I may not get some things that maybe I wanted but I know this is what God wants and so I'm going to do that. And you know what? That joy that he gives you it's way better than anything that we might have done with the other stuff we were going to have. But, you know, so often we, we crash so closely to those things. We don't want to give up our money, our time, our possessions. And we, we, we hoard those and we bring them in. And you know what? When we do that and we keep grasping those tighter and tighter and tighter, we just don't give those to the Lord out of fear and out of obedience to him. Basically what we're doing is we're saying you're, you're not allowing God to infuse you with that joy that he wants to infuse you with. If you, got, you really want to God to infuse you with joy and have that joy, then allow yourself to be generous and allow God to work that in your life and in your heart. It's just another cool thing that God will do for you if you allow yourself to have the fear of the Lord in your life. All right, verse, uh, verse 6 through verse 8, it talks about, uh, talks about a victorious life right here. So I'm going to read some of these things right through here as well. But I want to have a victorious life. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to have a victorious life. But it says in verse 6, it says, We will be remembered as a righteous and strong believer. Let me read verse 6. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. You know, there's a lot of people who spend a lot of money and a lot of time just so they can be remembered after they're gone. Okay? 
It's unbelievable the, the, the effort that some people put in just to, just to try to be remembered once they have passed. I'm telling you right now, if you're this Christian right here that we read about in Psalms 112, you will be remembered. Because your life will impact not just you, not just your children, not just your grandchildren, but will impact generations down the road. And you will be remembered as a righteous person because of your life. Verse 7, you won't fear bad news. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. I don't know about you, but I'm not a person who loves evil tidings. It wasn't like when the guys came in and said, hey, uh, the whole trailer's been completely ripped off and there's no tools left in there. Guess what? I wasn't like, man, I, that was great. That was just like music to my ears. Praise the Lord. Got no tools left in our trailer. That's, that's not the way it is. But you know what? There's people out there, that you, they quiver in fear just waiting for the next evil tiding to come. They're always worried about what's around the corner and what's going to happen. Guess what? You don't know? Don't worry about it. And if you, if you have the fear and the obedience and the praise and your heart is full of joy, guess what? You're not going to be afraid of evil tidings. And when evil tidings do come, and they will 100%, guess what? You have that joy of the Lord in your heart. And those evil tidings won't be like they would normally be in your life. But you're not going to live in fear of evil tidings in your life. That is no way to live a life that's not a victorious life is living in fear of evil tidings. So you won't live in fear of evil tidings. You will always trust the Lord take care of you. Let's look at verse 7 again there towards the end. It says right here, his heart is fixed, what? Trusting in the Lord. You will trust in the Lord to take care of you. It's a victorious life. Uh, let's look at verse 8. You'll live secure and fearless. Verse 8 says, his heart is established. He shall not be what? He shall not be afraid. God doesn't want to have a bunch of afraid Christians. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God's saying that he wants us to be afraid. At least not in that, that situation. Okay? God doesn't want you to be afraid. God wants you to be bold. He wants you to be righteous. He wants you to be an overcomer. That's the way God has for you to be. And if you are a freer and obeying God, you're going to have that built into your life with that joy the Lord's going to give to you. And then verse 8, you'll triumph over your enemies. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he shall see his desires upon the, his enemies. Now, we know that Back in the Bible, I don't know if it's David who wrote this psalm. It doesn't say um, if it's David, but we know that David did have a lot of enemies. Um, but you know what? If you live for the Lord, you're, you're going to have enemies. You know, there's certain things that happen and certain things that people do to myself, and I don't understand why. Like, I'm just like, why is this person doing this? Like, I, didn't, I don't get it. Why, why are they acting like this? Why are they doing this? And you know what? There's just certain things that when you live for the Lord and you're trying to be a man of character, whether it's out in the workforce, you're trying to be a woman of character, and you're trying to display that, and you figure in the Lord, and you're obeying the Lord, guess what? Whether you like it or not, enemies are going to come. Satan will bring enemies into your life. It is going to happen. And you know what? You don't have to worry about that when you're fearing and obeying the Lord. Those enemies, they're no big deal, because you're going to be victorious over, over them. Oh, there's, these there's more blessings here, and I'm, I'm going to keep on going for sake of time here. There are so many blessings that we see here in this psalm, and that's why I want you guys to go home, and I want you to read it, and I want you to read it, and I want you to read it, because there's so many more blessings. But the blessings are only for those people who fear and obey the Lord. Those are where those blessings are from. God didn't say that the, he, he started the very first, the chapter here with that first verse about praising, fearing, and obeying the Lord, and then he goes through all these things that are going to happen in this person's life. And why would we not want all these blessings in our life? 
We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. So the first one was praise the Lord. Then we have fear and obey the Lord. And then here at the very end, we see that we need to trust the Lord. Now we talked a little bit about this last week, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time because I don't have a ton of time in this. But you need to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. You know, God has given to every one of us a measure of faith. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. And we need to use that faith in trusting the Lord. None of this is good. If you say, yes, Isaac, that's awesome. I need to praise the Lord. I know that. I get it. I need to have praise the Lord. Okay, I get it. I need to fear the Lord. I get it. I need to obey the Lord. But guess what? If you don't really trust the Lord, you might say, yay, yay, yay to all those things. But if you don't trust the Lord, you're not going to do any one of those things. Because you're not really trusting the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. So often we lean to our own understanding and we don't lean to the trusting the Lord. And so we say, well, I know God says this and I know this is what God says and I know these are all the blessings that come along with that. And I, I get it and I see it. We just, just, we just find it so hard to take that step. Because we aren't exercising the faith that God has given to us. And we have to let go of our own understanding and trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Often in our world, it seems that the wicked are exalted and the godly suffer. We need to remember that this world's laws and standards for success are the polar opposite for the laws and standards that God has. As we live faithfully for the Lord, we can be certain that we will face trials. And as we draw near to our Lord's return, the, first, the fires of persecution, both mental and physical, will become more and more intense. It's what God says will happen in our lives. Without question, this verse 10 right here, and look back at verse 10. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. That's what's going to happen with the wicked. That's what's going to happen. We can look to the eternal mindset that Christ wants us to have and see what is coming up and trust in the Lord that what he says for the future, what he says for eternity, yet this, this will happen. This will happen. It may not happen right now, but this surely shall come to pass. Keep trusting, keep focusing, and keep waiting and watching for the Lord because he will fulfill his promises in your life. Let's skip over a little stuff here. When the injustice of this present world weigh us down, and I know a lot of us get weighed down. I understand. I get weighed down. I don't know. There's, just, there's some weeks that you just, you just like, Phew. I'm just weighed down this week. I'm just, it's just a lot on my shoulders this week. I, just, I dealt with a lot. I, you know, it comes to the weekend, and you're, just, you're, just, you're drained. You really, really can be drained. When the injustice of this present world weighs us down, we need to lift up our eyes to heaven. Looking for Christ's return and looking forward to our victory in him will sustain us through these perilous times. As unlikely as it may seem in a world where wickedness so often prevails, God's promises will be fulfilled. They will be fulfilled. His purposes will come to pass. We have to trust the Lord in the meantime, never doubting that he will exalt us and make us victorious if we are faithful to him. Like Jesus, we can endure and despise the shame cast on us by fixing our eyes on the joy that is set before us, found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Throughout eternity, we will bask in the unending joy and blessings that are rewards for all those that fear the Lord. The whole point is, in this trust in the Lord, is that, yes, we're in this life. We're in this life. As Pastor says, we're in the dot. We have the whole line ahead of us. Do not get so focused, as Pastor would say so often, on the dot that you are in. But remember, 
eternity. Remember the line. It doesn't negate the things that we come to in, in every single day, but it does help us to focus on what is truly important. So we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to really say, do, do I praise the Lord? Do I fear and obey the Lord? And do I trust the Lord? If you want to have God infuse you with happiness and with joy, according to this Psalms, we need to take these steps in our life. We need to praise the Lord every single day. We need to live in fear and obedience to God. And we need to trust the Lord. You have to come to a place where you let go and you give it to the Lord and you trust him with all your heart. Are you happy and a joyful person? Do you walk with God? Are you following these steps in your life? If you're like I am and you're not doing all these steps or you're not doing them wholeheartedly, make the commitment today to purpose to do this in your life so that you will allow God to bring that happiness and joy into your life. It is easy to see that God puts a priority on joy and on the believer experiencing joy. Joy isn't a feeling or an emotion based on circumstances. It is a state of being. It is a gift from the Holy Spirit. God has given us joy through the Holy Spirit, and we must look to him for joy each day. God points to himself in John chapter 15, where we read before, as a source of joy because of who he is and what he's done and where we're going one day. That is where we get our true source of joy. You can have joy. You know what? Schedules frustrate Meetings are bore. Problems anger us. Responsibilities overwhelm us. And life is just downright hectic sometimes. But even when we, you are swamped or things don't go your way, God desires for you to experience his joy. Unconditional joy is not found in yourself. It is not found in your surroundings or in others. It is only found in God. And that's what we have to remember in our life. What situation on earth is so terrible that it overshadows the joy of knowing that one day you'll live with God forever in heaven? What can be so bad that knowing Christ cannot bring you joy? If we are truthful, we'd have to admit that our lack of joy comes from focusing on earthly problems rather than on God's goodness. We need to take a few minutes each day this week coming up to consider the goodness of God. Focus on him this week and allow his joy to fill your life. Because you know what? It really, if you think about it, there is nothing in this world that is worse that we can take in our life that would really rob us of our joy if we are really focusing on what Christ is, who Christ is, what he's done, and what he's going to do in our life. It is my desire to be a Christian that is filled with joy. Because you know what? When I'm filled with joy, guess what? People aren't looking at eyes of like anymore. You know who they see when I'm a Christian that's filled with joy? I am just magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? When you allow God to infuse you with joy, and you allow God to infuse you with joy, and you allow God to infuse you with joy, and every one of us allow God to infuse us with joy, when we go out into this world, that is... That's just not out there. It's not there. When you walk into your work, workplace and your boss comes and reams you out and you turn around, not in your own power, but because Christ has infused you with joy and you go about your daily activities and you still have joy, 100% everyone is going to notice that. And you know what's going to be different? Your children are going to notice it. Your grandchildren are going to notice it. Maybe your unbelieving spouse is going to notice it. 
and it is going to magnify and bring God glory. And is that not why we are here on this day? Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.